Welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me today is Douglas Seifert. He is the founder and CEO of Cyandis. And Douglas and I actually had a chance several years ago to, to talk about the project he was involved in, his company, and it's very exciting for a physician audience. It's, it's actually fascinating. So I'm not going to I'm not even going to steal the lead. I want to have you talk about it, Doug. Tell me a little bit about your company, what you're doing, and, and how it impacts physicians. Well, what we do is we uh, combine game technology and systems engineering and to be able to infuse clinical algorithms into uh, you know, medical topics. And we've uh, created a platform for physician education where we actually create these medical scenarios where we have responsive patients that are, you know, come to life and respond and, and the underlying clinical algorithms so they can actually go through, you know, differential diagnosis or go through treatment through a responsive simulation. And that's on the, on the clinical side. And then we've developed uh, with a, a number of our medical society partners uh, a patient uh, tool, which we really be able to have patients to learn about the disease of, of, you know, if they're newly diagnosed and don't really understand what they should be doing or self-management within a chronic disease. And we help them go through that process of uh, understanding how to uh, self-manage. Uh, their condition. Well, you know, Doug, you're talking to the right group in primary care today because we have a lot of primary care physicians who I know they're, as like I am, you know, they're salivating thinking, wow, this would be great to be able to explain uh, COPD or heart failure or any number of conditions to patients. We describe it all the time, but to have something like that where there's a tool for them for education. Um, how did you even get into the the idea of doing this? What what's your background and and what led you to do this? Yeah, well, my uh, my background is uh, is a uh, uh, PhD in biochemical engineering, <laughs> and so <laughs> you know we mentioned systems engineering. So a lot of you know I come at the uh, come at this from a very different uh, approach, which I think kind of makes it uh, you know our, our preferred unique. We. We started all this with a National Science Foundation Small Business Innovative Research Grant way back when and had, you know, seven uh, successful awards uh, from them since then to really build out the platform. And, um, you know, that's how it all started. And, uh, you know, where the, you know, I, I think the real interesting focus is trying to, you know, find ways of utilizing this very powerful technology to kind of plug into this new healthcare you know, environment that, you know, trans the transformation we're seeing today. One of the things I do in addition, you know, chairing my department of family medicine, I'm a chief medical information officer. So I'm constantly looking at what we're using as far as our electronic platforms and, you know, using this technology in medicine. But as you know quite well, and I'm sure our providers out there know, it's very early on in the process what we're doing as physicians. We're just kind of entering data yeah. and, and getting things together. We're starting mm-hmm. to e-prescribe and do things. But I love the concept of things you're doing because it'd be great to be in an exam room with a patient working through their diagnosis and maybe linked to an ICD-9 or in those in the future ICD-10 code. Yeah. You could actually show a patient things that impact their own health. Are, are you looking at things like that in that direction? Yes, yes, we are. We, what we're seeing is that we, 
I think we all understand with self-management that if we can get the patient to be better at self-management, particularly with all the chronic, the, the chronic disease, is we're going to have better outcomes. And the challenge is we all know how to do it. It's, uh, you know, coaching of, you know, the physician in the office or a nurse. And that there's just no time for that and the scale, and that's difficult to scale. And then you, and then you have call centers where you have – you can have nurses that do coaching, and that's starting to become more prevalent. And I think one of the challenges when we're talking to, you know, the various uh, you know healthcare organizations, particularly the ones that are moving into this more accountable care model, they see that that's really what they need to do, and they have the challenge of scale. And what we see is a huge gap then of you if you can't you know you can only do so much of that in person coaching or coaching over the phone because of resource it's resource intensive and then after that it it drops down to just you know of um you know all the the kind of the same type of uh you know one size fits all you know web based you know materials for patients and there's a huge gap in there and that's where we're seeing what we see where if we can capture the clinical clinical coaching and software and provide an experience for the uh, the patient, that then they can become by going through that they can then interact better with the with their physician. They know what to do. They they start to understand. They understand the disease better. They understand what they're supposed to be doing, and they understand how what kind of questions they should be asking their their physician. And so that's the gap of uh, you know we're trying to fill with with software and we're as you were indicating we see it as a way you could you almost uh, prescribe it as you know here here's some you know valuable you know experience for you that you can learn you know you know what's happening with you you and how you can help yourself and that can be a step to you know help forward that. Uh, you know, the self, their self-management and improve care. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host, and today I'm speaking with Doug Seifert. He is founder and CEO of Cyandis. And by the way, for people who are listening to this or have downloaded it as a podcast, is there a website or a place they can go where they can kind of get a glimpse at the technology and what you guys are doing? One of our first programs was in multiple sclerosis. We worked with the Consortium of Multiple Sclerosis Centers, which is the largest professional society for multiple sclerosis professionals and physicians. And you know that program is available on you know iTunes and also for PC and and Macs. And so they can uh, go to mylivemed.com, and uh, it's available there, or they can go to the iTunes Store and. Uh, access it uh, there. It's uh, virtual conversations in MS. So mylivemed.com, just M-Y-L-I-V-E, med.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, or the virtual conversations. That's great. And obviously, the other great thing about podcasts is people can rewind it and they can write it down and take their time to get the information yeah. too. But but what what I'm excited about when we're talking about this, Doug, is the fact that, you know, we were just talking, as you said, like, I think it was two years ago, and we're talking about how technology has changed and what you've done even since then, but also the medical world has changed. You know, you talked about accountable care organizations. You, you know, it's now, there was a time when, you know, it seemed like insurance companies were fighting the physicians who were fighting the hospitals. Who were, it was like everybody was more or less protecting their own turf. More and more now, 
I think at least what I'm seeing in healthcare from my perspective is everybody's trying to figure out, okay, there's limited dollars. We're sharing a lot of this stuff. How do we all work together and how do we get the patients to be so much more involved in their own care? And patients now care more because their insurances are telling them you got to kind of pay a little bit more up front because you're carrying more of those initial expenses before they start kicking in with insurance. So it seems like everybody right now is ready to try to educate patients even more than they have in the past. And this may be the time for something like this where there's an opportunity to to make it, I, I, for lack of a better term, more interesting, more like a video game, more exciting, um, because that. let's face it, that's what a lot of people, that's the world they're living in. Yeah, yep. You know, when you see all these things and the excitement of that, there's the other side, which is physician, education of physicians and helping them as well. Uh, do, do you have an arm which is involved in that, like educating well, the doctors? We have, yeah, we, we do a, a lot of work in uh, continuing medical education. And that was the, uh, the way I said up front about our medical scenario simulator, where we actually provide risk-free environment where they can you know, go through various scenarios around uh, specific disease states and go through and solve the scenario from a treatment standpoint. And we're using underlying out clinical algorithms. So as they're going through, there's not just one path through. It's not like a case study. They can, it will actually, um, they can take different paths depending upon, for example, what treatment they start with might affect what, uh, what options are available down the line as you revisit that patient. And what's great about the simulation, you can simulate, we've done oncology simulations that if simulate a patient that you're seeing a patient over three to five years, you know, as you're going through different treatment regimens and what the choices are based on what you've done before. So we're, we've been very excited about that as well. What do you see as the, you know, the next two, three years as you're going forward as the exciting steps that your company's taking and how it could impact either patient education or physician education or both? I, I think on the, the patient side, we're really excited about what you were just mentioning with that I think the the whole infrastructure is starting to come into play that the first step is I think with patient engagement has been the logistics of how do we get patients more involved in our in healthcare to from getting them to appointments to pre-authorization so all the those sorts of things done the next step after that I think is is self-management I think with chronic care we all know you know uh, 50% of the population has at least one chronic disease, and so that's really where self-management and what we're doing can really impact, I think, you know, a large amount, a large population because it's scalable. It's by capturing the clinical practice that, you know, that, you know, experts that use in their offices, if we can capture that in software and then have these virtual conversations that are completely interactive with these with patients, they can actually learn through these virtual patients and, uh, and a virtual nurse moderator in, uh, in ways that, uh, you know, that, that simulate what would actually happen if they were in, uh, you know, in an office. And I think for uh, primary care providers in particular, and again, those of us who do it on a daily basis, you, you know, I might talk to seven people in the course of a day, let's say about a certain type of headache or back pain or or issues of chest tightness, these types of things. And we go through the explanations again and again and again. And all of us yep. as physicians get pretty good at it. But the idea of having something out there which would help 
you know, it doesn't replace it, but you have that initial conversation. In effect, you can almost have your appointment when you see the patient take it to the next level, to the next series of questions, and use the time even more effectively, knowing uh, really quickly whether they have that baseline information down too. But in using that, like you said, by it's like it's taking it uh, from economies of scale, you're able to use that again and again and again in different ways. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that's what we're trying to do is augment the the uh, the physician. You'll be able to have a better physician-patient dialogue by having the patient being more knowledgeable. And you know, I think that just is a you know benefits both both sides tremendously <laughs> to be able to, to have the confidence for the patient to be able to interact that way. A technical question for you, not too technical because I don't know enough about <laughs> en- I don't know enough about engineering to be that technical. But I I know from working in the IT world indirectly as a CMIO, engineers think a certain way, physicians think a certain way, and one of the flaws in a lot of the EMRs as they've been built is. They're built in the way engineers would think, which may not be the way the real world of a physician thinks. And we see it again and again and again, wishing that more physicians were involved in the design. You seem to yeah. either have worked with physicians or you just innately know how to do this. Because I remember looking at what you're doing and looking at what you're doing and seeing that it makes more sense to a physician. It, it isn't like you're entering into a, an engineering world for the non-engineer. How have you done what? that? How did you figure that out? Applying the engineering is really underneath, and when you, what you're talking about is kind of the interface and how you're interacting, and that all has to be done at, you know, for the the targeted audience. And so we've spent a lot of time with physicians um, along the way to to learn how they like to receive information and how they would like things set up and, and, and uh, you know, what they expect so that we can capture that in software. So the more, I think the more, an, you know, the analytical part that we're, uh, we're capturing is all underneath. So the part that makes it feel intelligent is the, the systems engineering part, that when it responds, when you make a choice and it's responding, and it's responding in an intelligent way. That is, you know, uh, you know the kind of the magic that we're, we're trying to do behind the scenes. But you know, I think you're right that you're, if you apply that sort of logic up front on the design phase, then it's just going to fall apart. And that's, maybe that's what you're seeing. Doug, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Primary Care today. Well, thank you. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash today to download the podcast and learn more on this series. Thank you for listening, and Doug, thanks for joining us.